If anybody has some pull with the electrical upper powers, higher beings, whoever it is, please, fingers crossed, send us a vibe today because it's one of those days. We're I think we're teetering. AJ McCall at VFX. It's AJ this morning. That being said, let us uh, – we, we call on the manners, higher powers, the parking higher powers, several different higher powers every week when we play Park Narcs, and that still hasn't gotten us anywhere because we're still here every week with – Honestly, I, I feel like we're getting worse. We're getting worse. So if the theme for 2021, like if 2020 and 2019, I think 2019 kind of combined those all right that first year we had the tournament, the theme was kind of getting going. Last year, clearly the theme was parking in the stripy rectangle. Now we had some nuts parkers, but I would say the more there were a few more outrageous ones in the first tournament, the 2020 tournament and the 2021 tournament. This year that has gone out the window. We started with some stripy rectangles, but it, no, it's gotten nuts. I mean, nominee number one is parked in the middle of snow in the middle of a field. How did it get there? Nominee number two just said, oh, here's a, a parking spot that's like a car in a third long. Let me just let me just make my basically back bumper in the spot. And not only that, my front now will be almost touching the sidewalk to the back of this building. So there's just nowhere anybody can go because right next to him is someone who is parked correctly. So by taking up those one not spot in that spot, they've taken up the entire parking lot. And obviously it's not the car on the right's fault because it's parked exactly where it's supposed to be. Ugh. Now, Thursday we normally tally up our votes. Our votes don't count. And it's just the more and more I look at number two, even if – Maybe, maybe since I'm not a homeowner, the person who parked in just some random yards, basically in the middle of sort of nowhere, would upset me a little bit more. But it's hard not to look at number two and be like, what? Because there's no way they backed in front of someone because there's just not the space to do it with the building in front of them. So what is their justification for missing a massive parking spot and just being so inconvenient? I think it's number two. My vote doesn't count. Pin to the top of our Facebook page, you vote, Utah's VFX uh, Park Narcs. If you see terrible parking, of course, safely take a picture and send it to us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now, uh, speaking of parking, I I don't want to jinx this. And maybe, like, there there is one on, uh, I think it's 14th, right? There's a huge pothole there that, man, if you do not pay attention and you hit that thing, it takes your soul. Maybe it's been fixed. They've been working over there. Why? Yeah, it's been. Lord knows that intersection has been closed for a stretch. But in Ohio, they had a really interesting solution when it came to potholes. And it's funny because, I mean, who uses phone books anymore anyway? Be honest. You don't do anything with your phone book. Go straight in the trash. Maybe get a door stopper use out of it for a little bit. But you don't do anything with it. Hey, it's AJ and McCall. Just AJ this morning on VFX. Well, now there is a new use, and I was just thinking, oh, we get them once a year. We probably do, right? New year. They got to be coming out soon, and I'm not proud to admit this, but I live in a triplex, and the mailboxes, the mail always gets delivered to the porch that's right by my front door <laughs> for a long time, months, months. Phone books last year just sat on the porch. My na- my two neighbors, we did not get theirs. We were like, uh, we are not going to use ours, so it just sat there. Well, in Ohio, a little bit better use out of them. Apparently, there was a nasty pothole that was causing major problems in Youngstown, Ohio. So police got called like because eight cars got damaged in a short amount of time. Like It was bad, which, again, makes me think of that one. I think it's 14th, 
right? You turn, you go through the intersection on, uh, what is it, 6th? You turn right, and if you're not paying attention, you catch that thing, it will take your soul. It Like, your car just rattles. And I'm amazed. I've hit it, I think, twice and thought, that's it. My car's done. One of those. Well, the cops couldn't get anyone to come fix it up right away, so what do you do? Phone books. They took a bunch of phone books and fit temporarily filled in the pothole because they just happened to be laying on the side of the road. Because, again, some people are like, we don't, we don't use this. As we found out yesterday, a third of people don't even know phone numbers anymore. They just, whatever's saved is saved. Apparently, that uh, he also played a cone. He finally was able to place a cone to a next hole because, I, I, of course, there was one next to it. Helped a few people. Patrick Tires said, this cop is a hero. Phone books saved the day. So, this year, tomorrow, whenever we get the phone books again, as opposed to just me letting them sit on my porch or anybody else just immediately throwing them away, that's what we got to do. We got to go find the potholes of Cache Valley. Now, to some people's complaint, I don't think Airport Road can really be fixed with with phone books because it's not so much a pothole thing. It's just a cheese grater texture thing. But, you know, one step at a time. One step at a time. Speaking of driving, how far is too far when it comes to a first date? My friend informed me that he will go almost nowhere, which blew my mind. That is after Adele. That is in about uh, seven minutes on VFX. Isn't it astonishing that maybe as kind of a barely functioning adult yourself, there's still friends, maybe even family that make you like full-fledged like mama bear, papa bear? AJ McCall for the Goals Gym Debate Today on VFX. Just AJ this morning. My friend in Denver, when it comes to dating, full on, I feel like I've gone from, from friend to brother to now dad. His latest thing, so I was talking to him, asking him how things were going, right? Because now things have been lifted enough that he's going to get back out face-to-face and all that stuff. And it's not well yet again. And I asked him, okay, so on your dating apps, how far is your radius set? And he's like, oh, minuscule. Like, I live in I live in Denver, so I'm willing to drive a little bit, but like 15, 20 minutes max. Like, if she ain't in the same town, I'm not worth it. I'm not doing, quote, long distance. I was like, okay, time out. <laughs> time out. 15, 20 minutes, man, that... That's not long distance. Like, there's, I told, I said, flat out, there's no way, there's no way that a, a bunch, a bunch of other people would have the same rule as you. Cause it's just like, I get it. Convenience or whatever, but like, you're, you're narrowing the scope. You realize that? Okay, Jacqueline's on the phone here. Jacqueline, please tell me you do not agree with him. Well, um, actually, not too far, like maybe 10 or 15 miles. <laughs> I mean, if no. we continue to see each other and I really like them, I'd prefer them to live a little bit closer than, than further. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, well, with, within reason. I was going to say you'd want it to be nice to have them right next door, but no, that, that's, not, that's not true. You'd let, you need a little bit of healthy space. But, I mean, 10 to 15 miles, you're not getting to Preston. Definitely not getting to Garland in 10 to 15 miles. What, you can't even, can you, is Brigham 10 to 15? I don't think so. It, it might be close. It might be close to get to Brigham City. Like, what? You're not even getting all the way through the valley. That's insane. Now, to, to, obviously, I don't agree. Before I tell my story, Jim is on the line. Jim, please tell me that 10 to 15 miles is nuts. You'd be willing to drive further for a date. So I lived in Heber. Okay. Met my wife through Match.com when Match.com first started, uh-huh. uh, you know, like 15, 20 years ago. Right. And she lived in Avon. I drove clear the hell up here for our first date. Well, clearly it was worth it. 
Oh, yeah, because three months later, I married her. So did you have any skepticism about driving that? Because you're speaking to the choir for me. I once, I kid you not, I drove two hours up to meet a girl, two hours back to my place because we were going to hang out in my town and she wouldn't drive it, and then I made that trip one more time. I did eight hours of driving a day, so I'm an absolute idiot when it comes to this. No, I, you know, it's funny because I drove all the way up here to meet her, and then every subsequent weekend she drove down there to be with me even though I had to work. Well, I mean, that's fair. She balanced it so, out then. There's no question whatsoever. Absolutely. So I don't see any issue within the state of Utah or, if, you know, we live in Logan now, or going over to Idaho, yeah. southern Idaho, whatever, even as far as Pocatello. I'm not going to drive to California <laughs> to meet a girl on the beach. <laughs> and, yeah, that's just not going to happen. And in fair, I get that. If my friend had been like, well, he's in Denver, I'm not going to go to Texas. Well, obviously. That being said, I can't totally say that I'm not in that realm either. When I was in college, there used to be this website called dateyourcollege.com. It's supposed to be like Facebook, the original Facebook, just for college kids, but kind of for dating. And I met a girl. Her name was Taylor. And we dated for six months. She came to my best. She was my plus one of my best friend's wedding where I was a groomsman. She was great. She lived in Colorado. And I saw her three times. All three times because both one of us had to request off and it was easier for her. She flew out to me. like So I did the long distance thing. I done it but i mean i gotta think too that's just not an out west kind of answer be like ah, 15 20 minutes not worth it everything out here is so far away salt lake's an hour and a half away you're really gonna limit yourself that much and they to teach their own like you know in, in case of an emergency an hour and a half is obviously much tougher pill to swallow than 10 minutes but i i, I feel like out west half an hour driving just doesn't mean that much i mean it takes 20 minutes to go from coming out of the mountains getting a Smithfield, even 20 minutes might be being kind of generous on the speeding part. The funny thing is we got in this during the after show yesterday, which you can find on Twitch, Facebook, and two hours seem to be kind of the magic number that people have driven willingly for dates and such. It was kind of nuts. Not actually done talking about moving and such, though. We'll get to that a little bit later. Think of the person in your life who has a bunch of candles, and even they top out what? Maybe? Maybe triple digits? Maybe? Be relevant in a second. Florida now with AJ McCall at VFX. Just AJ this morning. Two dumb stories. Only one, though, from the state of Florida. The creator of the original dumb criminal. That's what we got to figure out. Headline number one. After receiving a tip that a woman who had possible warrants looked like she was in the neighborhood, cops responded they captured her. Upon taking her to the, uh, taking her and such, she was able to escape. They found her standing in her front yard. First place you would look sometimes apparently does work. Story number two, CVS. Three people were charged with felony retail for stealing candles from CVS. They stole over $1,000 worth of candles. Money, drugs, all that. No, 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 no. Candles. That's where that's at. Good thing. that I think they frankly just stole it to avoid the receipt. Could you imagine? CVS receipts are notoriously long. You buy a thousand candles, good gosh, stretch from here to the moon. I think Florida Not today was an attempt to do something that no one would expect. AJ McCall, Florida Not on VFX. Two dumb criminal stories, just AJ this morning. And one is from Florida, the home of the original dumb criminal. And one isn't. It's like the saying is it's the last place you would have looked. So, of course, it's not the first place, which if you escaped from maybe home. And who expects you to steal a bunch of candles when you break into a pharmacy? 
Like it was a just an opportunity to try to throw some off basic cliches, but it's both terrible. Story number one, there was a report that day Suspect looked like they were in a uh, neighborhood. It turned out it was her, so sh- cops showed up. They arrested her. Well, while they were trying to take her into custody, she complained that she had recently surgery. She had stomach problems, so they stopped by at a hospital. She went to use the bathroom. She escaped. Cops found her standing in her front yard. The first place. Like, you, you, you got to go check, right, friends and family, just to see if that's the place where it got legitimately just standing in her front yard. She did give chase on foot, got away for a little bit, was ultimately captured and arrested, though. And story number two, apparently, you break into pharmacies, you don't steal stuff like, frankly, toilet paper has gone through the roof, right? Money, pills, all that. No, 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 Three people were charged with felony retail because they broke, well, they didn't break into, they went into a CVS and they stole $1,000 worth of Yankee candles. $1,000. And yes, apparently the thieves were all in their early 20s. Why? Why? Now, look, I don't know how to get on the dark web. I don't intend to. I don't know how to get in contact with people that run the black market. But I just got a sneaking suspicion. The rebuy, the black market on the candles is just, I just don't feel like it's very high. I don't think there's a ton there where people are like, oh, yeah, candles at wholesale. Like, eh, eh, maybe I'm crazy, but I just don't think that's the case. So when it comes down to it, the question then becomes, which of these stories do we think was from Florida? Because they're both dumb. And being in the first place, people would look is stupid. But at least there's some logic. right? If you go to your home, maybe you thought you had more time. You could kind of regroup for a second and get away. There's a little bit of logic to that. The candle thing, by the way, of the three suspects, two felt guilty, turned themselves in. The third one is still at large. This candle bandit stole $1,000 worth of candles from CVS. How does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? I'm going to go with that just because the if you're going to commit a crime, like, why would you steal something you're going to get no use out of? Like, oh, thank goodness. It smells like a vanilla bean now in the house, and it's, it's great because it's free. Like, no. So... I would think it would work my way down to story number two. Unfortunately, that one's actually Pennsylvania. So the first place you would have looked, conveniently enough, the home of the dumb criminals was Florida. That's story number one. Florida or not, they J. McCall on VFX. Yesterday, I got into a little bit. So a pet on average, four times a day, tries to eat something they're not supposed to. And that's the thing that terrifies me. It is that destruction that has is the main reason held off getting a pet. And just to further drive it home, the, the follow-up that I obviously didn't ask and should is, what is the most ridiculous thing, the most expensive thing, whatever it is, what's the craziest thing your pet has damaged? The number one reason I don't have a dog, or pet of any sort actually, is because of the apartment rules. Is that a convenient thing? Yes, because I do fear when it comes to probably a puppy is what Ashley wants the most, destruction. AJ McCall at VFX, it's AJ this morning, and got it yesterday that the average pet tries to eat four things a day that they're not supposed to. So, I want to be very clear, I'm not trying to talk anyone out of getting a pet, making myself feel better, but it, it does happen, right? It happens. Stuff gets destroyed, accidentally or not, I'm not saying, oh, they're terrible, oh, I can't do it because I know, I just don't want to deal with it. I know it's a consequence, pass, so the question is, what is the craziest thing or the most expensive thing, just the not-so-story you have that your pet destroyed. Jack, what's yours? 
My dog once ate the leftover carcass of the Thanksgiving turkey. I'm talking about bones and all. Okay. He wasn't a big dog either. We had to take him to the emergency room, and they had to remove everything from his stomach. He was fine after that, but it wasn't the best way to wrap up a holiday. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the vet, the vet trips are, are not fun. I, uh, yeah, no, I, so don't, don't do this. But one night in college, my friends and I are all together hanging out, having a party. And my, my, one of my friends had a chihuahua. He loved that dog. It was tiny, tiny dog, like the size of a baseball cap. And Somehow, you know, the night got away from everybody and someone left out a drink they weren't supposed to. And that next day, oh, man, that dog was just all over the place, just stumbling, couldn't walk straight, would fall over on its side. Thank goodness that dog was okay. But, yeah, like that one, you're just you're not paying attention for a second. All of a sudden, dog into something they're not supposed to be into. And you're like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Please be okay. And I'm trying really hard not to laugh about this. <laughs> Kim on the line. Kim, what's your crazy pet ate something story? Okay, so I ran a marathon a few years ago, and when I got home, I was exhausted. And I took a couple of Advil and just, you know, went to sleep hard. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and the Advil bottle was, like, all chewed up, and every pill was gone. And I had to take my puppy to the 24-hour emergency hospital, and it cost me a fortune. But thank God that she was okay, and they were able to save her. It was so scary. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Samesies, samesies. Yours is maybe a little bit more dangerous, especially if it's a whole bottle. Like, no, why would you get into this? Uh, great stories on our Facebook page where you could share as well. Amy's that our dog really did eat my homework. I took it to school for proof. It was a rolled up poster, <laughs> which, I mean, you're a teacher. You got you to gotta roll your eyes. Like, I don't feel like that. I've ever heard that saying, but also because it's so like a dog did, in fact, eat my homework. <laughs> And I think Ashley might actually have the craziest one on her Facebook page. The base of a grandfather clock. That is very specific. That that walnut mm, 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 cannot get enough of it. Wow. Of course, there's comments as well about, you know, train. And I, that's great. That's all good and all. I just, you know, there's going to be a chewing phase. I don't want to lose any of that stuff. I acknowledge it can happen. I don't want it to happen. That's the case. You take care of it. Just like you're trying to look out for it, you kind of know what's going to happen, so maybe you incentivize the dog. You can incentivize your children in the same way, not to say that being a dog parent and an actual parent are the same thing. question is, what's it worth to you? Because for one teenager, it was worth $1,800. Parents, worth it? Social media, not challenge. There's no denying a carrot on a stick works for a lot of people. AJ McCall on VFX, even social media. A mom has gone viral because she challenged her son at the age of 12. Said, stay off of social media till you're 18, and I will pay you $1,800. Well, he just recently hit 18, and he got $1,800. And it's really interesting because you're like, okay, what's it worth to you to pay? What's the incentive worth? And on the outside, initially, I'm like, okay, I get it. But also, it seems kind of nuts because my initial reaction is it's not the the abstinence policy for things is not good. Like it's good to have a honest discussion and familiarity with it because then you don't get the black market effect, which is basically people go and find it anyway, but they do so in questionable situations. However, you read the story and the mom, name's Lorna, 
Well, her she actually had to have an intervention with her son's older sister because she got to the point where she was just so hooked into social media. Like they were like, you need to realize, like you are, it's affecting your moods and friendships because you get so wrapped up into this alternate world. You need to calm down. And now she's just in graduate school, doing very well. And son made it. And I think my favorite quote is he said, I feel like a grandpa. I feel like I'm 80 years old getting on social media. And he has no idea what's going on. But the thing is, yeah. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, like in this day and age, we all have our phones. We all stay connected. You can at any given time. But with, you know, a not smartphone, you can still text. You can still call. You can still stay in contact. You can hang out with people, especially that age where basically the, your life is taken up by school, after you know, sports, activities, whatever it is. That's the majority of your life. So you could still stay in contact in that way. That being said, I, I feel like there's definitely an aspect of childhood that is missing. Like I, when I was growing up, Instant Messenger was mad in high school. was so much of what I did to just get on and just chat with people. And it would, it, yeah, would it be better in person? Yes. Were people always available? No. And so you'd have those conversations. I think there's just a, a, a certain part of social aspect. I don't think she's necessarily wrong because like I see it, like I'm 32 now and I still see it with myself when it comes to social media. We still as functioning quote adults don't have it figured out. So you incentivize them. And I think the biggest thing is you break that habit early. When I was in uh, college, I took a, a career, uh, one of those um, studies classes, just basically, I think it was African studies actually, but the the sociology class the teacher told me had a saying that you spend the first 21 years of your life messing up the rest of your life and the notion is is that you put habits in place for the first 21 years of life that are very much harder to break once you get set in those patterns and i think that's the biggest thing is that you don't have a kid making dumb decisions when it comes to sending certain things or finding places you're not supposed to from the ages of 12 to 18 on top of that now they're not as dependent on it now they have a much more loose relationship with it so overall yeah, I I applaud this. I kind of wish that I had it too because $1,800 right now, gone. Phone over my shoulder. Like, oh, thank goodness. I'll take that money right now. I ain't touching this thing again. Work nothing. I don't care. But kudos to her. It turned out it went well, and I, I feel like this is going to catch on in some capacity in smaller or longer stints, and it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, we are talking yesterday about how far it is, parents, right, looking out for kids and the social media thing well what happens when your parents can't look out for you because you leave because yesterday we we're talking about driving for dates and then in the after show got into a different conversation apparently and two is not a huge sample size but apparently surprise moving is not as uncommon as i thought it was now of course there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a plan in place to control some of the chaos but it doesn't always work that way aj mccall at vfx just aj this morning Sometimes it's just spring of the moment. You got to make a decision. And for a lot of people involved, that just means kind of holding on while you ride along. Yesterday in the after show, of course, we got on the topic on my friend because he's like, I'm only going to drive 20 minutes when it comes to a date, which is ridiculous, by the way. I just want to reiterate. Still ridiculous. But we had Irma who subbed in yesterday, which was great. Producer Butters on as well. And we got talking about just moving in general because there was the magic number of two hours seemed to keep coming up when it came to like, what's the furthest you've driven for a date? So then we got talking about bad exes because of course we did. Have you ever surprise moved on anyone? And by surprise, I mean, basically like take it or leave it. Here's the announcement. So for example, uh, when I 
got the job in New Mexico. Basically, over the course of the week, I interviewed. I got called on Monday. I interviewed for the job. Uh, I told them I wanted more money. They said they would come back with a decision. They came back Wednesday, and they said, you have 48 hours to make your decision. And then Friday, I called them 48 hours later, and I accepted the job. Well, at the beginning of the week, I didn't know, obviously, that I was going to get a call about that job and interview, and I made plans with my mom for Friday night. So this all goes down. I haven't said anything because I I don't know what's happening. doesn't seem like worth bringing up for the first time I'm ever going to move away if I don't. Except the job. So the first thing I say to my mom when I sit down that Friday is, hey, by the way, I just accepted a job in New Mexico. I'm leaving in two weeks. And that's all she got. No discussion, no warm up to it. Just wham. And to be honest, coming out here to Utah was kind of the similar thing because it was back and forth. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't think I'm going to get it. And then we got to the Christmas time and I'm going around holidays, for especially for tertiary family that just isn't involved in the day-to-day discussions. Hey, by the way, happy holidays. I'm leaving after the new year, so I'm moving across the country. And so uh, Irma, who works here, came from Georgia when she moved here to take this job. She said the same thing. She's, <laughs> hey, uh, got a job, leaving. Bruce Butters is when he got a, a, I think it was his first apartment was the story he was telling in the after show, just went into his parents and he said, I got a new place, I'm gone. And his reasoning, he said, was so they didn't talk him out of it, which is totally fair because honestly, both of my parents, the first time I took that New Mexico job, was the first time I had moved away from home because I went to college in my hometown. I, you know, I didn't leave. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I took it. It's a better opportunity. I'm gone. <laughs> and that's why you kind of accept it. You're like, ah, I can't back out now. But having three people, just at random, having three similar stories is really interesting. So the question is, have you ever surprised moved? Not so much like, hey, by the way, I'm on the road You'd if you didn't know. But just there's no heads up because something has come up. One of my favorite stories to tell that was a real pain in the butt, I was dating a girl in college. I had actually had college classes with her, but she graduated before me. And we were dating. And I was going into my last final, and I think it was spring semester, so it had to have been in May. And I sent her a message and I was like, hey, so I got my last final tonight. Do you want to go get some dinner tonight or tomorrow? Because school's over. And not even right away. She was like, oh, I can't. I'm working here. I got a model here. And so I'm kind of busy. I said, okay, what about tomorrow? Like we can go to blah, 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 specific place. Oh, I can't do that. Well, why not? Well, I'm, I'm in LA. And you were going to say, when? And the crazy thing is she didn't understand why I was upset. We were dating in Indiana she moved to L.A. at a moment's notice. Look, chase your career. It's great. It obviously didn't work out. So, you know, chase your career. But nothing. Said nothing. Did not understand why I was upset. Ugh. Thermo Fisher poll of the day. Have you surprised move? Call it just, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. Uh, on our Twitter, Utah's VFX. Thermo Fisher Scientific. Voted best place to work in northern Utah is hiring. They're looking for manufacturing technicians, distribution and warehouse positions across multiple shifts. Starting rate, $16 an hour, up to $18.97, depending on experience and shift. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Speaking of the poll of the day, asked because we found out 50% of Americans were like, oh, I could compete in the Winter Olympics. It's not just that. We asked what's something you think you compete in the Olympics. Everybody was mom on the subject. But that's not to say Americans are mom on competing with experts. Coming in 10 minutes on VFX. lot of hubris from some people. And look, confidence is necessary to get something done. But like, self-awareness is also just as important. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. So 50% of people said, 
oh, I could compete in the Winter Olympics. 50% of Americans. Pull the day that day. Was, do you think, what just is the event you think you could do the best? There's a chance. And every, nobody, everybody's mum on the subject. So of course, you called out and said, no. And here we are again. 63% of Americans think their cooking skills are so good, they could compete with professional celebrity chefs. Okay, guys, look, I'm not saying your cooking isn't good, but there's a lot of hubris. That being said, okay, fine, let's open it up. Let's finally just have the discussion after trashing on the Olympics thing. Just flat out, what is the thing you think you can compete with an expert on? I will tell you, and part of it, I guess, is you just don't know, and maybe that's the the beauty of never finding out, is you get the ignorance of just thinking, I could have. When I was in college, and I still love video games, but when I was in college, we played video games a lot, and I'm still convinced to this day could have been a competitive gamer. I've never said I would be a world champion. I want to be clear. There was some self-awareness. But like when it came to Halo and Call of Duty, me and my friends played that and just ran roughshod on the internet for extended stretches. I am convinced still to this day that if we'd given it a shot, late high school, early college, we could have, as I've said to friends before, I think we could have won some money if we got involved in tournaments. I really think we could have. And then you see how competitive gaming's exploded and she's just gotten on the trend now and it's just a whole career regret on my part because it should have done something about it. <sighs> that being said, Ashton, Ashton, what is the thing you think you could compete with an expert with? I think I could definitely take on a professional guitar player. I've been playing Ooh. for years. I think without a doubt, I could give most professionals a run for their money. I mean, maybe there are a few people I couldn't compete with, but otherwise, I definitely would be interested in seeing if I could stack up. Well, okay, so look, I'll, I'll concede that in a little extent because the professional guitar player, there's, there's a lot of opening there because um, are, are there people that are obviously technically nuts? Yeah, like uh, Van Halen, right? Nuts. Eddie Van Halen is absolutely insane as a guitar player, probably the best ever. But that being said, there are plenty of people who are also professional gar- guitar players who weren't as good as him. So they, may, maybe, if you've been playing long enough, Maybe, because I think when it comes to success with music, part of it is just getting a break, finding that right thing. Okay, okay, okay. That was Ashton. Amber, what is what is the thing you think you can compete with a, an expert with? After watching the Olympics, Here we go I'm pretty sure I could challenge a professional curler. I knew it! Whatever they call people who do curling. It doesn't help. I've never even played, but it's just giant shuffleboard, right? I mean, I'm amazing at that. I, I knew it. When 50% of Americans think they compete the way for it. was cl- it, Curly. And look, I've had the thought. I would like to try it because on it, look, you look at that and you look at skiing, you go, there's, there's a level of athleticism that there, quote, isn't in in curling. But let's, let's acknowledge the fact that these people train. Like, they win world championships and stuff. I think it's a more open ability to get in on the curling thing. But I knew it. I knew it was curling. That was the thing. Everybody's like, oh, I think I could do that. It's like watching Cornell. Everybody thinks it. Like, I watched the Cornell championships, which is a weird sentence to say. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think I could, you know, with enough practice to get on the level. And But I also am like, I'm not sinking Cornell every time. I'm not hitting four beanbags in the hole every time like these people are. There's some strategy to it. There's muscle memory. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that was the thing that people thought, ah, I could do it. What is the thing you think you could challenge an expert in? Just we, we, a lot of hubris, a little bit more humility, I think, needed. Actually not going to leave food because growing up, whether the parents convince you it's the case or maybe you just have a little bit of a recognition of what's going on, there's food I think you think are th- fancy. And maybe when you grow up, you, you crave them a lot because you're like, oh, it's fancy. It means it's something. 
And look no further than the fact they're sitting at the bottom of my fridge. has been there for far too long. I would have thought back in the day it was the fanciest thing. And now I'm just like, eh, I don't want to cook it. That's a change of the times there. The rarity of something generally makes it much more valuable. So growing up, if you weren't able to have a specific dinner very often, that made it fancy, right? It was a special occasion. That's actually not actually the case. AJ McCall at VFX for the Gold's Gym debated eight. Just AJ this morning. Steak was always, obviously. I feel like a lot of people, steak growing up is fancy. Ashley and I have had steaks marinating in the bottom of our fridge for better more, more than a week now. They've been sitting here because we just can't bring ourselves to make them. And that's just a change of the times. Because even, even when I could go out and buy the cuts of meat or had to go out and buy the cuts of meat and could do it, it was still like a thing, right? We didn't do it all the time because you'd avoided it. Like You didn't even look at the price to actually find out when you're out by yourself. You're like, oh, that's steak. Like We can't afford it. We, we got to go hamburger. We can't. No, we're not splurging on that. But it was like when we had it, it was such a big deal. Like we, you'd have to get out the actual plates. You'd have to get out some real silverware. Like it was a whole thing. Now you're saying like, eh, eh. and it's a change in the times because it's a fa- it's a good meal. And this one is like, no, 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 no. What it actually has led me to realize though, is that those fancy meals I used to think were fancy meals, it wasn't because necessarily the price. It wasn't necessarily because they were something meant to mark a special occasion. It was solely based on the time. I'll tell you what, it, what, I think a lot of people have the rule, right? When it's somebody's birthday in the family, they get to pick where they eat, whether they get to pick someone making a dinner, they get to pick where you go out, whatever it is. Mine, for five straight years growing up with my mom and stepdad, I wanted ribs, barbecue ribs, and I wanted mac and cheese, and sometimes queso because you know you can never have cheese, but mostly barbecue ribs and mac and cheese. And we would have ribs because I started picking it maybe one other time during the year. And yeah, it could be expensive to buy that rack, especially when you're making for a family of at the time, what, six of us? It'd be expensive. I got that. But you know what it is? Now after having made my ribs itself, it's the time. That's what was the thing. Is it like it was the time to put into the effort to do it? It's the same thing. My stepmom, it's her queso dip. That was always what I wanted from her. Not super, not super difficult. In fact, Ashley's dad makes it all the time now, and he might he's got the whole thing down. Uh, we had it for the Super Bowl party. But it was just the time to put into that the effort more than anything. And I get it now. It's those things are like, huh. Like I want to have a special occasion. And it's a fancy food, but it's fancy not and it was rarity because not because it was necessarily overly expensive. Not because it was necessarily a pain in the butt to make. It just took forever to do so. And you're like, ah, you know what? That's only for special occasions. <laughs> Get a text message here. What was the food that you thought was fancy as a kid that wasn't anymore? Uh, for me, it was oven-cooked steaks as a text. My dad convinced us it was a fancy way of eating it. Turns out he was afraid to touch raw meat and just plop it in a pan and cook it in the oven so he didn't have to touch it. <laughs> And look, steak again, steak rears its head, and not the timing thing on that one, but just a special rule makes it again a special occasion. That is nuts. Oh, man. It just all the glass shattering moment. Glass shattering moment. Speaking of, of food, unfortunately, producer Butters and I were set to, to dabble in our new profession uh, a little bit later this morning, but it got canceled. And I think I, I want to be honest with tomorrow being confessions. I just want to confess that I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to being a food judge, and I'm starting to feel bad about it. 
Producer Butters and I have become quite the food judges recently. I think we put three or four under your belt. You get to say, okay, this is more than just a hobby at this point. AJ McCall the Gold's Gym debate a date on VFX. Just AJ this morning. And I feel like I owe an apology. We were set to go out again today, and then the event, unfortunately, not going to happen. And Producer Butters and I have the same conversation each time. And we would have had it again today. We sit down. We go, I can't believe we're here. Like, I, I, why would they let us do this? Because it's us eating food and critiquing it. And then we go, okay, how are we going to do this? And we try to come up with our criteria. And so, obviously, it, it is a reward for the position that I'm in, right? And I, I swear, I swear we try very, very hard to come up with a set standard of rules every time. We've done chili a couple times. We did cupcakes recently, and that was a lot of sugar. That was, I ate too much of those. And we come up with set standards to try to stick to them. But I feel like I owe an apology because, like, the cupcake one is when it really set in because these people are pouring their heart and soul in. And as we found out, 63% of people think they could cook so well they could beat a celebrity chef. Maybe one of these people does it. But they, they pour their heart and soul in it, and then they're like, let's give it to these random guys and have them decide which one's best and which one's not. And we're not qualified for that. We do. We did come up with a set standards. We talked about it. We're like, okay, here's with this, and we're going to go with this. And you th- and we and we try to stick to it. But I just feel like I owe an apology. Because, like, like I, we're doing radio, right? Me doing radio, and all of a sudden, some of my family who's never listened before comes and goes, hey, you kind of suck, to be honest. But not just that, like, it's not like a, a make or break thing, but like I went into a contest and they just happened to be the judge. But like, yeah, you just, you kind of, no, nah, you're last. You're last. They have no qualify, qualifications whatsoever. You feel confident about it. You do that. And it just, I feel bad. I feel like I owe an apology. You got canceled canceled today. I don't know if I was overdue making an apology, but I just wanted to share that because love doing it. It's a ton of fun. Like, who's going to turn down? I told you, growing up, my dad used to say all the time, I just wish I could be a food critic. And I think it's the same thing as the, it's the hubris we've been talking about all this morning. He was just like, oh, you just show up, you eat, and you're like, this was good, this was bad. I think there's a little bit more to that. you got to develop your palate. you got to know what is good, what's not good. you got to know what the flavors are. So, if... If you were at the contest that were judged by producer Butters and I and you did not win and maybe finish at the bottom, an apology just on that given day, that's what we decided, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. It just, just felt like while talking about food, that was that was necessary. Tomorrow's confessions, and I confess, not qualified to be a food judge. I also confess that I realize that fancy foods as a kid were not are not fancy foods as an adult. They're time-consuming foods. I also confess I'm not letting socks rule my life anymore. You want to get lost, you want to disappear and think, oh, that's it. I'm not going to be part of a parent. I don't care anymore. You're not deciding how I wear my clothes. Not going easy on socks. You're not ruling my life anymore, socks. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. I'm no longer allowing socks to dictate how I dress. So here's the deal. Apparently, on average, we're all going to lose 756 socks, which feels high, which just makes me feel like, like how many socks have I actually lost? But I just don't realize. Maybe just whole pairs have disappeared and you just forget about them. 756 socks is a lot of socks. Doing the math off the top of your head, that's what? 378 socks? 378 pairs of socks? That is so many. Right there, you find a way to save money. You don't lose your socks, you save money. 
But I'm done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I lose with an individual sock. I'm over it because what I decided two weeks ago, especially here during the cold season, right, where you get the longer socks out, maybe pull the wool one out. Nobody's going to see those. You're putting your shoes, your jeans. Who's seeing your socks? I'm done matching socks. I'm over it. I am done matching socks. Right now I'm wearing two different socks. They're not even the right thickness because one's a big, thick wool sock and then one's just a general lost sock. I'm tired of it. If they get matched, great, and I will prefer matching pairs over others, but part of this is my sheer laziness because there's just a pile of clothes there. But I'm, I'm done matching socks, especially when I'm going for warm socks in the winter. I'm just going to grab two pairs and put them on because who, who cares? Has anyone ever looked and be like, oh, that loser's got mismatched socks. We should judge him accordingly. No, it's just a quirky thing sometimes. Because then you just play it away and be like, uh, I was tired this morning because both the socks I'm wearing right now are of a whitish, grayish, lightish color. Oh, I just uh, half asleep this morning. must have grabbed the wrong socks. You know, you do it again the next day. It's kind of hard to explain that away. And I've been wearing, you know, I've been doing it for two weeks now. But nobody's ever like, ah, oh, what an idiot. That's yeah, just something quirky. Don't let socks rule your life anymore. Save the time. Don't bow down to the sock overlords. They try to jump out and run away and leave you with one pair and force you to throw them away so they can move over to whatever Socktopia is, which is apparently where they're running away to. No more will socks rule my life. I don't care if they're matching. I'm just wearing two pairs of socks. All I need them for anyway. You're just going in my shoes to protect my feet to try and keep my shoe from being unsmelly and give me a little bit of warmth. All you're needed for. I've waited. I've waited. So that was that's the crazy message. First world of first world problems. I admit that. But the worst thing that happened in the morning, I waited to not manifest it because I didn't want anybody to just magically happen where their alarm is set. And then they're like, oh, 8 o'clock, 7.59. Oh, it's the worst. Last thing I want to do is manifest the biggest of first world problems for anybody else. So I figured waiting until 8.30 was probably a good time to talk about alarm clocks. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. And if not, you haven't woken up. I apologize if this happens to you. This week, I woke up one minute, one minute to my alarm, and that is the worst problem in the world. It is the stupidest thing. Because, re- so, look, I know this isn't good, but what I do is I set my alarm, and then I get to snooze for about 30 minutes. And the general idea, right or wrong, is that I wake up so that I don't fall as in a deeper sleep, but I can get a little bit more sleep before I actually have to get up and go. I woke up a minute before my first alarm, and so then I went to set it, so I could do what I normally do, and I couldn't fall. Like, it was the worst. My brain was just like, we're going to sleep through the alarm. So then I checked. I ended up, like, checking, like, three times. You think, just get up, you idiot. And, but that's not how it works. Your brain had, does this great trick while you're laying there where you're like, oh, there's only five minutes. You're not sleeping. You might as well get up. But then your brain's like, oh, but, man, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, even just two minutes of sleep is amazing. Like, it's worth it. Just try and stick it out. And then that's the same logic, right, that prevents you from ever – really stopping to hit snooze because you're like, oh, I shouldn't just hit snooze. I should probably get up. But then you're like, ah, oh, but like I could sleep for like five more minutes is fine. And then you do the stupid thing and you type in five. You've wasted 30 seconds doing it. Well, at least on mine. So I use the old analog alarm clock. And so that that's an old sentence in its own right. So folks just don't work for me. But that's the math your brain does. And it is the absolute worst thing. I've heard. I've heard it's good because then your body naturally woke itself up right where your alarm is. And I don't... I, Eh, I think it's a little bit bogus. I think if you've you've gotten into a pattern enough times, your body kind of gets into a routine. Like everyone, you get a morning job, and everybody says, oh, I love to sleep in it. When you're young, like it feels like you can. And then 
it kind of just feels like all of a sudden the eternal clock sets itself. So even your body's like, ah, I don't care that it's Saturday. You normally get up at 7. Yeah, we're going to wake you up at 7.45. And yeah, you're sleeping a little bit, but then you're like, I'm just up. The great thing is you have the freedom to nap, which is a mistake we all make when we're younger. We're like, napping is stupid. No, napping is amazing. Napping is the absolute best. But waited until this part of the show to bring this up. Sympathy. It is the worst thing in the world. I woke up exactly one minute before my alarm. And it was the dumbest thing because it ruined the next 30 minutes of my life. VFX's Facebook roulette, AJ Knight, McCall, Taylor, if you're friends with us, then we could see your feeds. And frankly, with the way the last couple of years have gone, this has just taken on that much more importance because funny memes, inspiration, or just, uh-huh, are all things needed. So get them on the Utah's VFX Facebook page. I landed on my friend Elizabeth. His <laughs> post says, stuck between I'm still young and damn, I'm almost 40. Girl same. 100%. <laughs> I always, because I always maintain, like, you get the, the car insurance bumped down or the insurance bumped down at 25, then afterwards, they're just numbers that scare you. 30 scares you, 40 scares you. And so, yeah, and that that's a terrifying prospect. I don't want to think about that. 33 this year. I don't want to think about 40. That being said, I do need to wish my dad a very happy birthday. It is a kind of special number. He's the double nickel today, 55. Happy birthday to my dad. Uh, I do not say thanks nearly enough for all the sacrifices and stuff you made when I was a kid. And because of those and him, my brother and I have gone on to have the careers that we have and are mostly, I think, pretty well-behaved and well-thought-out individuals. So happy birthday to my dad. 55 years old today. The AJ Knight, the McCall Taylor, finding at us across all social media. Uh, while you're doing that, you can vote for Parknerx as well. Tomorrow we find out who the winner is, who the worst Parker in Cash Valley is. Um, and if you miss anything on the show, of course, search for AJ and McCall anywhere podcasts are. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, you search for AJ and McCall, podcasts, social media. It's all the same. Uh, the after show, if you haven't caught on, probably haven't said it nearly enough, has moved on to, well, it's everywhere. It's still on Twitch, but now it's on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Search for Utah's VFX. You'll see it. We're live. Comment. Jump in and join the conversation. Yes, we were talking about the surprise moves and bad X's is what it ended up t- turning into. But thank you. So until tomorrow for the AJ McCall Show, don't do anything we wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.